Good morning. It is an exciting day. Um, if you're here and you're going to watch, it's exciting to hear the testimony. It's exciting to hear what the Lord has done in their lives. Um, and so it's a celebration Sunday where we get to celebrate and glorify the Lord. And that's what we want to focus on, on what he has done, what he's doing, and what he continues to do. Uh, so we're excited that you're here with us. You're, we're excited you get to hear the testimonies and the stories, and you get to hear how the Holy Spirit is weaving through each of their lives as they've come to this decision. But we're going to be first jumping into Acts. So if you have a Bible, the Pew Bible, you can just turn it. We're going to be in Acts 2, 37 through 41. And just a quick devotional on what baptism is and what it's not. So now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added to that day about 3,000 souls. Father, as we look at your word today and we see baptism and we see what the Holy Spirit is doing in the work that he is involved in, we pray that your name will be glorified. We pray that through these testimonies, you will receive glory and honor as you continue to share, continue to make your name known. Our desire is to bear witness to you, Lord, and, and that our lives reflect you so that there can be a great cloud of witnesses and many more will come to know you, Father, through this. In your heavenly name, amen. Often in the New Testament, we see the word baptism and the act of baptism together with belief in receiving the Holy Spirit. And so it can look a little confusing and it can say, well, when I'm baptized, does the Holy Spirit then come upon me? Is it after that? Is it before that? And so since they're closely tied in Scripture together, we want to share a little bit. Baptism is not what saves us from our sins. Right? What we're going to do here in the water is not what's going to give us forgiveness. The work of Jesus Christ, the cross, his death on the cross, forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection from the dead are what save us from sins, not the water that we're going into. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. It's the work of the cross that's already been done. Peter here in Acts tells us the people first to repent. There's a key, before you go in, repent. Seek forgiveness. Go to the Lord then be baptized. In order to be baptized, we must first come to Christ. That has to be our first step, is that we are led to him, that we come to him, that we understand what our standing is without of him. We have to come and confess our sins, accept the finished work, accept what he went and died for, accept who he is in our lives, accept what he has done. It's finished, he says, on the cross. He's already done it for us. And we have to come to that point, the realization that we need him. The words that Peter was preaching here went more than just surface level. It says that the people were cut to the heart. 
It penetrated their lives in a different level that they were used to, in a different level to change. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's to show us of our need of salvation. It's to come in to cleanse us, to change us from the inside. It shows us our need of salvation, convicts us. It shows us that we need to repent for our sins. It's a heart deep change. Just as you go under the water in baptism, when we come out, we are new. We are created new when we receive the Spirit in our lives. In verse 41, it tells us that those who received his word were baptized. Water baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. What we're going to see here is our testimony to what the Spirit has already done in these lives that we're going to hear from in our lives as we know him, as we accept him. It's when we make the decision to be baptized, we're publicly declaring what has happened in our lives already. We're publicly sharing the work that has already been done by the Spirit's movement, by the Spirit's conviction, by the death on the cross. It tells us in Acts here as well in 2.40 that Peter bore witness. The words that he spoke and what he shared in that sermon was a witness to what the work of Christ was, what he desired to do and what he was going to continue to do. Those being baptized today are bearing witness to the saving work of Christ Jesus in their lives and what he's about. They're testifying to the finished work, what's already been done, what Christ died to do. They've made the decision to follow after him, him who saves, and they want to share this with us today. They want to give us a glimpse into their story Share with us how the Spirit worked in their lives, like Mike said, during some of what we would have said were dark times during COVID. Many of them, the Lord and the Spirit was working and changing and shaping and showing them their need for Him. We'll hear parts of their stories of how the Lord rescued them and brought, him, brought them to Himself. And most importantly today, we want to celebrate these moments Celebrate what the Lord has done. Celebrate their decision to be baptized. Celebrating and continuing to celebrate as he works in their lives and bears witness through them to others. As the Lord desires to bring others to himself, we're going to be witnesses of what that is and how it's happened. So join us today as we worship. This is a time of worship. This is a time of celebration. This is a time to be happy, to be thankful. This is a time to clap, to cheer, to praise the Lord, and to give him all the glory for what he has done and what he continues to do. So as we go into the water today, celebrate with us. Celebrate with them. Give God the glory, for he's the one who saves. Pastor Jared's going to start us off and lead us off with today's baptisms. What's up, guys? Um, before I call uh, Josh and I just wanted to explain something. You're going to hear us say something as we baptize people today. And as we bring them under the water, we're going to say in the likeness of his death. And when we bring them out of the water, we're going to say in the likeness of his resurrection. Um, we didn't make that up. We get that right from Romans chapter 6 um, when it talks about that we actually identify with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
that these people that you'll see and hear their testimonies today have decided that they're going to make Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they decided to follow them um, and embrace salvation for them. That means they're dead to sin now. And as they raise up out of that water, it's symbolizing that they are now walking in newness of life because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when you hear us say that, that's what that means. So we're going to call out Josh to be our first person baptized. Yeah, it's kind of warm if, if, if you see people make a weird expression. <laughs> um, this is my brother Josh. He's uh, one of my youth students, and you guys are going to be able to hear um, his story and how he came to know the Lord today. Good morning. I'm Josh Falbus, and I'm 16 years old, and I'm going to be getting baptized today. So I began my walk with Christ and my journey with Christ as at a young age. Me and my family have been going to church every Sunday, and ever since I was young, I've been attending different youth ministries like VBS, Fuse, and different things that really um, just instilled God's Word in my life. So growing up, I have been in public school. In fourth and fifth grade, I got in a group of friends that, you know, were really fun. Um, we always had good time together, but some of the things that they told me and talked to me about were just... I should not be knowing that at that age. Um, and from there, I started to um, have things in my mind and my heart that as believers that we shouldn't be having. And um, that carried on when I came into middle school. In sixth grade, I started um, watching pornography. And the spirit of lust just really took over my life. And after that, seventh and eighth grade, time went on when I was just living for the world. Um, I did still go to church consistently every Sunday. I continued to go to youth group. You cannot tell that I really wasn't living my life um, as I should have been. So time came when I started also to be really mean around people and I started to kind of be like a bully. This actually got me in trouble in school. And when you get in trouble in school, the first thought that comes to your mind is, oh no, what's gonna happen when I go home? I thought I was gonna get grounded. I thought I was gonna just never play soccer again, never be allowed to hang out with my friends again. I thought my life was over. I came home and I and I sat down and talked to my parents. And instead of them screaming at me and really just bringing me down for what I did and grounding me for life, they had really just shown me a God-given love and shown me the a solution and a way out of kind of the brokenness that I was in. And that same night, I had really been just moved and touched by the love that they had given me and the love that they had shown me that I just kind of broke down in my room. I remember reading the first 10 chapters of Proverbs and just praying out to God on my knees. And um, in, in my brokenness, God really heard me and he showed me the, his path for me, he showed me his will for me, and he showed me a way out of my misery, my brokenness. So my addiction to pornography um, had soon ended after that. Um, God really broke every single chain that held me to this world and held me to the people of this world. And he has also just overwhelmed me with just lots of love and grace from many people that he has given me in my life and has given me new friends and new people in my life that really care about me and really want to build me up and just see me grow in my relationship with God.
A verse I want to share with you is Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, this verse just um, really opened up a new perspective in my life about Jesus' death and what it means for me. And I always felt a lot of shame and guilt when I used to just do something wrong or sin or um, fall into temptation. At times, this really led me away from God and this um, had just hindered my relationship with Him many times because I was so scared to be even talking and praying to God because I felt so burdened by my sin. But Romans 8.1 just spoke to me so much and opened up a new light in my life where God, I felt God was telling me that, you know, you don't need to be perfect to be able to live your life for me. And that Jesus' death on the cross had paid for all my sin and has paid for everything wrong that I've ever done and ever will do. And that when God looks at me, He doesn't see uh, sinful and a person who just consistently does wrong, but he sees a child of his who is redeemed and saved by the blood of Jesus. The reason I want to get baptized today is to publicly proclaim and show the inward change that God has done in my life and to just show that I am a child of God. Oh, Josh, it is my absolute joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of His death, in the likeness of His resurrection. We're just getting started, guys. I'll tell you what. Wow, I'm going to invite Pastor Mark in. He's going to do the next baptisms. I'm already wet because I got hugged by Josh as he was going out. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Chrissy Kissinger is going to come and be baptized this morning. Chrissy, we're going to hear your story. All right, let's do it. Hi, I'm Chrissy Kissinger, and I'm being baptized today. I actually grew up coming to fellowship and did a lot of things that my kids are doing now. When I was about five, um, I remember my grandfather and I were sitting in his Ford station wagon listening to the Promise Keepers cassette tape. And I remember him telling me that if I wanted to be saved, all I had to do was ask Jesus into my heart. And so I did. As much as a five-year-old could be impacted in that moment, I was at the same time asking myself and wondering how someone could fit inside my heart. So we continued coming to fellowship and going to Sunday school. I remember doing devotions as a little girl with my dad and really learning more. So as time went on, as I got a little bit older, I started having seasons in my life where I was straying away from my beliefs and really wasn't living a Christian life. And, um, you know, it got to the point where I would be probably people outside of my small Christian circle didn't even know that I was a Christian. I was embarrassed to be a Christian. You know, I went to a Christian college, but definitely wasn't living that life. So during this whole time, I felt like there were three things that I felt led to do. And one of those was to be baptized. 
But every time I heard an announcement in church, I would think, oh my gosh, I am not ready to be baptized. Like, I am not living a Christian life. I'm not ready. So I'll just wait. I'll just wait. And years went by. Every announcement, I'll just push it off. And honestly, it wasn't until probably the past couple of years that I really started to feel convicted. Um, when my husband Mark and I first had kids, you know, we were coming to fellowship regularly, but if I'm being honest, it was probably because I wanted my kids in Sunday school and I didn't really feel like it was important for me to come to church. So at the beginning of 2020, uh, Mark and I joined a hymn group. Um, it really changed our lives. We forged really great friendships. It was a space to be honest and ask lots of questions. The common thing that I would hear over and over again within the group, I would hear people say things like, I'm hearing from God, or I'm not hearing from God, or I'm praying about this. And I was like, what are these people talking about? Like, what's going on? And it, so finally I asked someone, like, why? I don't hear that. Like, why? how do I hear that? And someone said to me, well, are you listening? And that really struck me because I realized that those three things that I mentioned were things that God was laying on my heart to do. And, um, you know, I went to the women's retreat this past fall and had really deep conversations with some of the women from my hymn group. And I was honest with them and told them, you know, I have a lot of doubts and I know God wants me to be baptized, but I'm not ready. I'm not living a perfect life. I still have anger. I still lose my temper with my kids. And one of my friends said to me, I feel like you just need to be, you just need to obey God. And I'm not even kidding you. The very next Sunday, came to church and Pastor Mark was preaching from Acts and the entire message was about obeying the Spirit. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> okay, I hear you. I'll do it. I'll do it. So why do I want to be baptized? That's, again, the question that, that I've been asking myself. Um, and if I'm being truthful, I really don't want to. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to be in front of a ton of people sharing an intimate story. That's not really even exciting. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about what God wants me to do. And I'm ready to obey Him. Um, I know that there's no such thing as a perfect Christian, and that's not what being baptized is about. Being baptized is about proclaiming that Jesus Christ is my Savior, and that's what I fully believe, and I want to follow Him. There's so many futures here. Great. Chrissy, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the likeness of his in the likeness of his resurrection. Uh, her husband Mark Kissinger is gonna come. This is Mark, and I think I just sent Chrissy the wrong direction. <laughs> We're gonna hear Mark's story now. Hi, I'm Mark Kissinger, um, and I'm here to tell you why I want to be baptized. Um, as a child, I was raised in a Catholic church, uh, baptized as a baby, um, and I spent my whole life as a believer, um, but I never really felt connected to the church. And then I met Chrissy, my wife, and as we were dating, she brought me to fellowship, and Pastor Mark was preaching, and when the sermon was over, he came right down off the, uh, the stage and noticed a new face in the crowd. And what was probably a pretty routine thing for Pastor Mark to do, he walked right up to me and shook my hand. And I was blown out of the water. Um, 
I never actually mentioned any of this to Pastor Mark, but to me, um, Pastor Mark represented a priest, um, and he was supposed to be holier than everybody else. And him lowering himself to me, I was, <laughs> I was just, I was shook. Um, so I was sold on on fellowship that day. Um, later on, I decided that I wanted to ask for Christie's hand in marriage. Um, so I asked to Mr. asked Mr. Graff, and yes, I still call him Mr. Graff. It was either that or sir. And um, I asked I asked him if he would go out to lunch with me, um, so I could ask for his daughter's hand in marriage. At the time, um, I didn't have a job, and he actually didn't mind at all that I didn't have a job when I was asking for his daughter's hand in marriage. The only thing that he was concerned with was he wanted me to promise that I would raise our family as a Christian family. Um, at the time, I was a pretty lukewarm Christian, but I agreed, um, and because of that promise, Chris and I continued to go to fellowship, um, and we joined the hymn group. And it was through the hymn group that we got to know and familiarize ourselves with other families that were going through the similar trials, tribulations, frustrations, doubts that we were having. Um, and we got to see people in different stages of their path with Jesus. But even having done that, I still I still felt that Jesus wasn't yet speaking to me, um, that, that he wasn't yet pulling at my heart. Um, and then I saw Chosen and the Jesus Revolution. And it's embarrassing to say that I wasn't saved at a a missions trip to Guatemala. I wasn't saved serving the homeless in a soup kitchen. I was saved on my couch stuffing my face with popcorn. Um, there would just be scenes in, in The Chosen and for almost the entirety of uh, Jesus' Revolution where I would just get these overwhelming overwhelming feelings, chills running across my whole body um, that I just felt like Jesus was pulling at me the whole time I was watching that movie just an overwhelming feeling and the only way I can explain is that the Holy Spirit was pouring into me and the way it was different is as soon as I felt the warmth of Jesus I immediately felt remorse and that remorse was me acknowledging my sin that even though Jesus gave us everything in this world and promises us everything in the next world that we still sin um, and so I was filled with a, a deep regret um, so I decided it was time for me to dedicate my life to him and that I should be baptized. Um, and then doubt started to creep in that maybe those feelings weren't valid, that maybe I was kidding myself and I still wasn't ready. And that Sunday, um, we had the service where we were collecting money for the, the building fund. And Chrissy had told me that she had a number in her mind that she wanted to, to donate without asking her I wrote down that number and walked it up and put it in there. Um, and it was way more than I was comfortable with and probably way less than what everyone else donated. But I got that feeling again as soon as I sat down, the overwhelming feeling. And I, I knew that Jesus was telling me, like, this is my path. Now follow me. And I'm here to follow. Mark, it really is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death. Likeness of his death. Pastor Tim is going to come uh, and lead us into another baptism.
We're going to invite Olivia Minix down to join us. This is Olivia, and we're going to hear her story now. Um, hi, my name is Olivia, and one of my biggest struggles in my walk with the Lord has always been um, wanting control. Um, since I was really young, I just struggled with wanting control over things that uh, it's kind of impossible to have control over. It started in the church that I grew up in. Um, I have fond memories of that church from when I was really little, but the older I got and the longer I was in that church, it became a more um, harmful and abusive environment that left me with a lot of church hurt. Um, and it taught me a lot of harmful lessons. And one of the things I remember believing and being taught the most while I was there was that God's love needed to be earned um, and that it wasn't just freely given. And I knew that I couldn't earn God's love, um, so I just didn't try. <laughs> um, and I was very angry a lot of the time. At like 12 and 13 years old, I was just very angry after learning a lesson like that. Um, so we eventually left that church, and a couple years after we left, um, my mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. I had a very hard time trusting the Lord through that because um, I felt like there were parts of it that I could control, um, and that made me feel a little bit better. Like things like I did a lot of the cooking for my family and um, just helping out around the house and overall taking stress off of my mom um, made me feel like I had some control over what was going on. Um, so I had a very hard time letting go of that and giving that to the Lord. And after a little under two years of battling, my mom passed away. Um, and the weeks leading up to her passing was the first time in that situation that I felt that I could trust the Lord. Um, because that was when I knew that I had no control over the situation. There was nothing that I could do to make it stop or make it easier on her. Losing my mom was definitely my lowest point. Um, even though I was finding it easier to trust the Lord, it, it didn't make the loss any easier. And that's what I learned through that, through um, prayer and just crying out to the Lord. Uh, I learned that trusting God does not take away the pain of the loss, but it gives you comfort because I learned that the Lord was mourning with me uh, rather than kind of pointing at me and laughing, which is kind of how I felt through a lot of this stuff. I still would put on a mask in front of other people because I didn't fully understand that trusting God didn't mean that I was unaffected by, by the pain and the hurt. Um, but as I continued on in my relationship with the Lord, I did eventually learn that he was, he was mourning with me. Every tear that I cried through all of these events, the Lord was crying with me, and I was never by myself. Um, and I finally, you know, I learned that he was just waiting for me to allow him to comfort me. I want to show the world how the Lord has worked in my life and that through all of this, he has remained good. And that's why I am getting baptized.
It's my great pleasure to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the likeness of his death. In the likeness of his resurrection. All right, we're going to have uh, Betsy Vanneman come and share her story this morning. All right, Betsy, let's hear your story. My name is Betsy Vanneman, and this is my testimony. I was adopted from China at 13 months and was um, raised in a Christian home my entire life. I was very dedicated going to church on Sunday mornings and going to church events and then later serving in a church capacity in some form. In August 2016, my old church decided to have baptisms and I decided to get baptized. I knew that being baptized meant I was making a public declaration of my faith in Christ. However, I know back then I did not fully understand what it meant to take my parents' faith and make it my own. In the beginning of um, 2018, I started to grow very angry towards God and my parents. Uh, my priorities were making sure that I was popular or well-liked, um, and I started to grow very bitter towards God and my, quote, strict parents, um, as I was being made fun of a lot amongst my friends and then especially my best friend. Later in 2018, I started to struggle with depression and I was self-harming as an escape and struggled with suicidal thoughts. Um, I also started to struggle with my weight. Even though I was healthy, I started to work out a lot and eat less and less and was close to developing an eating disorder. This continued on throughout 2019, but deep down inside, I knew I couldn't continue on like this. Um, and I think the biggest turning point in my life is when COVID hit. I was stuck at home with my parents 24-7 and my sister, and I was working at Virtue Voorhees Hospital as a lead pharmacy technician, and that was my life. My parents wanted me to listen to uh, my old church, church's sermons on Sunday mornings, and slowly but gradually, my interest in God and the Christian faith started to come back. When I met my now husband, I was very dedicated to reading my Bible, but at first I thought I was doing it just for him. But later on, I realized that I was actually doing it for myself. I had a very deep desire to grow closer to Christ and to trust Him wholeheartedly with my life. Looking back at 2018-19 and now, God has really shown me what life is like without Him and what life is like with Him. I was truly living in the darkness, and now I'm living in the light. Today I'm getting rebaptized to publicly declare my faith in Christ and to show the work that He has done over the years. Betsy, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of His death, in the likeness of His resurrection. Stephen Wirtz is going to join us, join us now. All right, we'll get the chance to hear Steve's story as well. Hi, I'm Steve, and this is my testimony. Um, I was baptized as an infant, and I attended religion class once a week through the eighth grade, and I thought I knew about Jesus and the, and the Bible, but I really didn't. And then in my late teens and 20s, I drifted away from religion and God, and I thought that I could do things my own way. And I spent most of my time working and hanging out with friends and just not really giving any thought to 
to Jesus or anything like that. And then in my early 30s, I felt empty. And I felt like my life was going nowhere. And I was lonely and I was full of hate and anger. And then one night I got down on my knees in my dining room and I prayed to Jesus for his forgiveness and to help me turn my life around. And shortly after that, I met my wife, Mary, and she introduced me to FCC. And Pastor Ralph explained to me about salvation through faith alone. And I figured, I had my doubts, but I figured if that was the case, that all you had to do was believe in Jesus and repent of your sins, then I was saved. And so we've been attending church here fairly regularly for quite a while. And I never felt a need to be baptized. And then this past fall, we read the New Testament and I just felt a need that I wanted to publicly proclaim my belief in Jesus Christ and his grace. That's why I decided to be baptized. Steve, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the likeness of his death, in the likeness of his resurrection. Matt Sult is going to come and join us now, and we'll hear Matt's story as well. Uh, Hello, church. My name is Matt. I grew up in a Christian home, so I learned all about God and sin and uh, who Jesus was and my need for a Savior at a really early age, uh, but I didn't quite uh, understand what it, um, it all meant. And uh, so most of my life, I was uh, a Christian on the outside. I knew what to say, I knew how to act, and I went to church, but on the inside, I was not. I was Lord of my life. I lived for myself and I did what I wanted to do. And uh, I remember in my teenage years, maybe late teenage, teenager, I was, it was a really low day. I was drunk, barefoot in a parking lot. And I had my, my dad chasing me and I was angry as ever just at my life circumstances. I was mad at God for where I was. And uh, I remember what my dad said to me and he said, uh, what do you expect when uh, you're rebelling against God? Are you really surprised that you're unhappy with your life when you're living for yourself? And I didn't show it at the time, but uh, that really struck with me. And I, from that, I knew that I needed to change. But uh, for a while, you know, for many years, I was trying to change myself. I was just checking the boxes of reading the Bible, praying, going to church, uh, but on the side, I was still doing what I wanted to do. I was trying to live in both worlds. I wasn't obeying Jesus or what he wanted me to do. Uh, it, it really was me just still living for myself. And um, so many years later, it all, it all came back and I was in the same spot. I wasn't happy with my life and I, it all came to a head. Uh, one day, I was just really overwhelmed. I was alone in my room, and I felt Jesus speak to me. And it, he was so direct, and he he, he told me, um, Matthew, you, you have to make a choice. Do you want to follow me or not? And 
was like, I, I want to follow you. I don't want to live for myself anymore. It, it hasn't been working. And so that's when I believe that I, I repented from living for myself and uh, I wanted to, to follow what Jesus wanted me to do. And I learned that um, I can't change myself, but I have to allow Jesus to change me. And I did that by um, obeying what he wants me to do. And uh, uh, he wanted me to get involved in church. And that's when I got involved in him. And it was great. And devotions felt more alive. It felt like I wasn't just reading the Bible to read it, but that God was speaking to my heart. And uh, uh, what Jesus said in Luke really spoke to me where um, you must uh, deny yourself and take up your cross daily to follow me. And that's when I learned like it's a daily choice to follow what, what Jesus wants you to do. And, you know, it wasn't instantaneous. I still, um, you know, I, I still wander, but God is, is faithful and always brings me back. But looking back over the years, I can really see how much uh, God has changed me. One of the things that he wanted me to do was uh, get baptized. And uh, I was actually baptized as a teenager, but it was just one of those check the box uh, things. And I didn't really understood what it meant. But now that I have, you know, such this faith and trust in God, I want to get baptized to really symbolize what Galatians 2 says in that I have died and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Well, Matt, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death, likeness of his resurrection. Dan Entwistle. Dan, we're going to hear your story. My name is Dan Entwistle. In 2016, at a social networking event, I met up with a friend of mine who I had known from church when we were younger. John Sharp was was someone that I had looked up to when I was younger, and he invited us to come to FCC. Uh, John and Joanne uh, were here, and we just felt super welcome. We were just extremely excited to feel like we were starting over. And kind of running in the background of all of this, um, I had dealt with anxiety since um, since I was young, and in 2018, it really started to to ramp up. And there was actually a, a quote that I had heard um, that Satan um, makes too little of sin as the tempter and too much of sin as the accuser. And that's kind of where I was at at that time was my guilt and shame were starting to mount in my life. And I started to to drink and got to the point where I was drinking uh, all day, every day. And really what it came down to was I was trying to fill a void in my life that I couldn't fill. And instead of trying to fill that void, I moved to trying to numb it. I had isolated myself and I felt like I didn't have any friends. I had nobody to turn to. Um, and I was done. I mean, I, I felt like there was no way that I could come back from this. And I felt like I wasn't worth 
God's love. I felt like I wasn't worth his salvation. Um, and I felt like his grace did not extend to me. And I went into work on January 28th in the morning. And I walked out of the office. And I remember saying to our executive assistant, I'll be back in a little bit. And I turned location services off on my phone. And I went home. I sat down on our fireplace in our living room. And I had alcohol with me and um, and a lot of medication. And I took everything I could. Um, and I got up from our fireplace and I laid down on the couch and I went to sleep. <clears throat> And I remember waking up in the hospital the next day, and I was so angry um, that I had failed. And it was like 10 seconds of being so mad about it. And then it was like instant regret. Just this like, overwhelming sense of like what did you do and the first thing I asked was who found me and it was my wife who had found me and she quite literally saved my life um, and in looking back on everything now and all the things that God put in place to make sure that I lived that day. Um, it's it's too long to list. Deuteronomy uh, 31.6, he talks about how God says he will not leave us and he will not forsake us. And I'll never forget a conversation I had with someone um, in outpatient. And he was like, well, where was your God? Like, where was he during all of this? And looked him square in the eye and I was like, he was with me the whole time. Jesus sat with me that day on the fireplace. He knelt next to me when I laid down on the couch. He was there every step of the way. He set all of this up, knowing that I would need John and Joanne in my life. Jen was the perfect person in this situation for me. All of our friends, all of the pieces that he put together to help us weather this storm, um, he was there every step of the way. I have a, a note card in my locker at work that says, I am beautiful, I am broken, I am saved. Um, and that's that's kind of the motto that I live by is I'm broken, I'm a sinner, I'm beautiful, I was made in his image, and I'm, I'm saved. He died on the cross for my sins. Um, and I know that that day was the day that the old me died and the new me is who you see today. Um, so that's why when it came to baptism, um, I wanted to be baptized because that literally encompasses all of that. Like I am dying to my old self and being made new. And that's what happened. Um, and I would love to say in the 1,565 days since then that everything has been great. Um, and it hasn't been. It's, it's work and it's hard. 
Um, and every day is me relying on God to to say, I have a plan for you. Um, I did not forsake you. And I'm thankful that I have Christ who, who died for me. Um, and I am certain of, of my future. And I know how that ends. Dan, what a joy it is to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death likeness of his resurrection. Georgiana Hollows. So Georgiana's going to come and we'll hear her story this morning. All right, we're going to hear her story. Hi, my name is Georgiana Hollows. I got saved at a really young age. I grew up in a Christian family and went to a Christian school. I've been in church my entire life. But honestly, I don't think I really understood what it meant to be a Christian or was really truly saved until more recently. Um, growing up in a Christian bubble like that, it could be really hard to understand really what's just knowledge and what is actual faith. Um, it's been a long uh, ride for me, finding out who I am and who God is and who Jesus is. When I graduated high school, I feel like that's when a lot of things started to change for me because I was finally out of my Christian bubble, going to a school that wasn't necessarily all faith-based. And I was surrounded by a lot of people that didn't even know who God was and didn't care either. And it really, it was a culture shock for me, that's for sure. Um, from what I did know of the Lord and the relationship I did have with Him, I really drifted away during that time. Um, I was acting in a way that I'm ashamed of now. I was dating someone who I knew God didn't want me dating, but I did anyway. During COVID, I feel like that's when a lot of things started to change for me. Um, the Lord used that time to remove a lot of people from my life and it was really hard. I didn't understand why he was taking away some of my really good friends, whether it's just loss in contact or moving away. But I feel like in that time, he really uh, helped me to focus on him more because I had nothing else left. And though it really hurt at the time, I'm so grateful for that time of loneliness that he gave me. Uh, during Thanksgiving of like 2021 is the time when I really felt like I truly knew that this is what I believed and that Jesus really came and died for me and that I am a sinner and that I want to know more about him and have a personal relationship with him. Um, and more recently, a couple months ago, I made the final decision to rededicate my life to him completely and to strive to know him more. And in that time, he I've just seen him working in my life. Just lit by the little things with him helping me 
use better language and I feel myself acting differently, feeling differently on the daily. It's still a everyday daily battle for me, but I know he's with me and he gives me so much comfort and hope. And sometimes even on my bad days when I'm feeling terrible, I feel him and he's the only thing that's getting me through them, knowing that this life is short, but I have eternity to spend with him. And through this baptism, I want to show that this is what I believe and make a public statement that I am following Jesus and that I love him. Well, Georgiana, it's my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death, in the likeness of his resurrection. Pastor Joe's going to come with Dylan next. Yes, I'm the short pastor, so can you see me? Hopefully you can. Oh, it's so good to be with you all. I'm going to ask Dylan Mohan to come and join me in the tank, and we're going to hear a little bit of his story. Hi, my name is Dylan Mohan, and this is my testimony. I grew up in a Lutheran church, but... I didn't really have a relationship with God and didn't even really know what that meant. I remember as a kid, I was always looking forward to Sunday morning soccer games, so we would skip church. And when we did go to church, my family would always sit in the back, so we would be the first ones to leave. For college, I attended the University of Delaware, and my sophomore year, I joined a fraternity. This meant that every weekend I was partying and drinking, and I only, came, I only went to church when I came home for Christmas and Easter. At school, I was an exercise science major with plans on going on to physical therapy school, but midway through my junior year, I started to have second thoughts. A couple months later, COVID hit, and that summer, my girlfriend and I broke up. When I got back to school in the fall for my senior year, rather than confronting my problems, I tried running from them. I was hoping that the storm would eventually pass, but it never did because I was running in the same direction and the same speed as it. I started smoking every day to numb myself from the fear and anxiety that came with graduating in less than a year and having no idea what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I never reached out for help because I cared so much about what other people thought of me. On the outside, I was a kid who made deans list every semester, was the president of the physical therapy club on campus, and seemed like he had his whole life together. But on the inside, it was the complete opposite. After graduating, I realized that I was the only one responsible for getting my life back together. I got into personal development and started reading self-improvement books, listening to podcasts, and trying to consume as much information as I could to figure out who I was. At the end of summer, my best friend created an Instagram page called Eternity Fitness, where he wanted to help people improve their physical and spiritual health. I reached out to him to see if I could help with the page, as I figured I could post exercise technique and workouts and he would be able to post more of the spiritual side and help people improve their faith. We decided that we would start consistently posting on January 1st. During that time, as I was planning our posts and researching Bible verses and stories, I started to see how the ideas I learned in personal development were written in the Bible. The lessons that Jesus taught were finally making sense to me, and the more I learned about God, the more I learned about myself. I started every morning reading my devotional and listening to a Bible in a year podcast. 
I was growing a lot on my own, but I wanted to be, get more involved with a community of believers. So in April, I reached out to Ryan Anderson, who I grew up playing soccer and baseball with, and he invited me to come to fellowship. A couple months later, in September, I started going to the young adults group on Tuesday nights. And I went from dreading going to church in middle school to now I can't wait for Sunday mornings and Tuesday nights. As my faith has strengthened, my perspective on life has changed. God has a purpose in everything, and I realize the problems happen for me, not to me. Rather than running from them, I'm constantly asking myself, what does God want me to learn in this situation? I've also started to care less about what other people think about me. I make decisions seeking only the Lord's approval, and I'm more willing to step out of my comfort zone as I know that the Holy Spirit will give me the strength and confidence that I need. Being this vulnerable about my past is something that I could have never imagined a few years ago before I had a relationship with Jesus. One of my favorite verses is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. I feel like these two verses encapsulate my entire life, and I'm hoping that my story will be able to inspire anyone who feels lost and looking for a sense of purpose. Thank you for allowing me to share my story today, and I'm looking forward to getting baptized and declaring that Jesus is the Savior of my life. It's, it's going to be an interesting uh, process for me to, to dunk him, so if he doesn't come back up, we'll, we'll get up on our own. But oh, it's, you guys have no idea what a joy it is for me to be here with him today, um, baptizing him. So let's do it. Dylan, it is my great joy and honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death, in the likeness of his resurrection. Uh, We're going to ask Ada Garcia to join us in the tank now. We're going to hear Ada's story now. My name is Ida Garcia. My story begins as a naive, lost little girl. Uh, At age 11, my father would be brutally murdered. Uh, Ten years later, my best friend, my mother, died of brain cancer. Uh, The religion that I was raised into uh, had little to no meaning to me anymore. It couldn't console me. I was left to question and turn my back on and even curse God uh, through my sufferings. I went on to live a a carefree, I don't care type of life. And little did I know that that was a recipe for self-destruction. Seeking to fill the voids of abandonment. I went on seeking, you know, ways of the wicked, lying, cheating, stealing unhealthy sexual addictions, prescription drugs, and um, other types of drugs. At 19, I had my firstborn child. At age 20, I was forced to uh, terminate a pregnancy. Um, Abusive relationship after relationship led me fearing for my life, and I was an everyday victim. 
So the only way I felt that I could escape uh, my reality would be the decision to take my own life, even if that meant now abandoning my two own young children. Um, somehow the door got broken down and I was taken off the noose that I had made on the shower rod. You see, things didn't always make sense at the time, but in retrospect, there was something going on. There was no denying that miracles after miracles and blessings upon blessings were occurring throughout my lifespan. Uh, two years ago, now 42, by the grace of God and instruction to send my son to FCC's youth group, a thank you to my son, Pedro, who was a major part of God's plan. Um, later on, he would be the one to send me towards God. And how beautiful is that? I mean, I, it just can't get better than that. Just getting to know him and all the beautiful things that he's done throughout my life has been just so amazing. And building the relationship with him day in and day out, even though I still have uncertainties and still have questions and sometimes doubts, um, I really just know that I have to surrender myself to him and that, that he's got my back. He's got my back when no one else does. And that's just so powerful and beautiful to see how he's worked in my life and, and see how he's worked on on everyday lives that I see, making an impact with my patients at work and building connections with them and then bringing Christ into their lives has really just been a, a powerful experience for me. I, I'm not ashamed to do so. At the end, they're like, who is your God? You know, how do I find him? And that to me is the most beautiful thing. Like it, he's right here. He's right in front of you. All you have to do is surrender. All you have to do is ask and it really is that simple. I am so blessed that he chose this plan for me, um, my path, exactly how it needs to happen every single step of the way to where I need to be today to come back to him and slowly bring in my family and my children. I mean, I am so very thankful to him. It's Romans 5, 3 to 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I am no longer that naive, lost little girl. I am a child of God, and I am made perfect in His image, for He loves me so. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Through His death, I have been forgiven. I want to be baptized today so I may never forget the life of sin and corruption that Jesus Christ has saved me from. And may I continue to do God's work and use my platform wherever it shall take me. Um. Oh. Ada, it's moments like this that I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful for the Lord that we serve. And now we can just declare 
with one voice, this beautiful baptism. Take my hand. Oh, it is my joy, Ada, to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and His Holy Spirit in the likeness of His death. In the likeness of His resurrection. <laughs> I'm going to ask Jayla, wherever she may be, to come and join us. We're going to hear a little bit of Jayla's testimony. Hi, my name is Jayla, and this is my testimony. Um, so it was in December um, 2022, a random day. Um, I was scrolling through TikTok, and a Christian video popped up on my feed. And at the time, I was Catholic, and so I believed in God. I didn't really have like a close personal relationship with Him, um, but I still believed in His existence. So, out of respect for Him, I gave Him like I gave the video like five seconds, and then I just kept scrolling. I didn't want to watch the rest of it, um, so I was still scrolling and another Christian video came up. And now I'm like, great, you know, my entire For You page is gonna be filled with like Christian content. Um, so I was quickly just trying to scroll past that one, hoping that um, it would balance it out. And so kept scrolling, kept scrolling, and I came across, you guessed it, another Christian TikTok. Um, this time though, it was a pastor. Um, he was giving a sermon about the flower virginity analogy. And he says that your virginity, your purity, your innocence is like a flower. Um, and this flower that is something beautiful, it's something desired. Um, when you lose it, it becomes broken. Um, it's unwanted and unfixable. Um, and so the pastor, he asked, you know, like, who would want this flower? Um, and this is the point of the video that he got emotional. And he said, you know, like Jesus wants this flower. Um, Jesus doesn't care what the world says about this flower, how it's broken and it's unredeemable. Like Jesus wants this flower. He wants you and he just wants you to talk to him. And so hearing this, um, I was shocked. I grew up thinking that because of the sexual trauma that I experienced when I was a child, that I, like the flower, was unwanted and unfixable. And so when I heard this, um, again, I was shocked. I was like, what? There's no way, you know, my, my flower is too damaged. Um, but I just kept remembering what the pastor said. Um, you know, Jesus wants you, he wants you to talk to him. And so I was like, well, I have nothing better to do. Um, and so I got on my knees, folded my hands like they taught me in school. And I remember I was just like, um, hi, God. And then I paused and then I just started crying. And I didn't know why, but I was just crying. And I was just like, God, like, I am so sorry. Like every single event that has taken place in my life for the past 19 years, um, whether it was something that was done to me or something that I chose to do, you know, I was just saying, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry for all of it. Um, and I didn't hear God. I didn't see Him, but I just felt this unexplainable, like, 
feeling of forgiveness. Um, and so I was like, well, this feels nice. I haven't felt this good in a while. So I was like, well, let me just, um, you know, start reading the Bible, I guess. Um, and then I started reading and for about a month, just exploring this relationship with God and having my own um, relationship with Him. And so my relationship with Him has grown a lot over the past five months. Um, and in that growth, I've learned a lot of lessons. Um, something that the Holy Spirit has taught me. There's only one gardener who would take a flower that's so messed up and broken and turn it into something more beautiful. Um, and that, that gardener is Jesus. Um, he took me for all my messed up, all my mistakes, all my brokenness, and He made me into something new. I'm really excited to be baptized um, and to display the relationship that I've been growing for so long and to show people the new version of me. Um, and so, yeah, thank you for listening. Jayla, it is my great joy and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in the likeness of his death, in the likeness of his resurrection. <laughs> so good. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Jared to come in uh, and finish us off tonight. All right. We're going to invite Amelia down. We are going to hear how the Lord has rescued Amelia. Hi, I'm Amelia, and this is a little bit about my story. I've always known that there was something bigger than humans. In a way, I just didn't know what that was. And when you're living in the world and you're kind of striving to be what everyone wants you to be, what you think you should be, there is a lot that comes with that. I liked to act as if I knew everything. And with that came my severe anxiety and severe depression, which really ate at me through a lot of middle school and partially through high school. I'm now in my junior year. And that is kind of when I started seeking for something more spiritual. I got into a lot of spiritual practices and a lot of what you guys know as new age stuff. Um, and it just, it really led me astray. And I thought I was finding peace, but I was just that much further from it. And it's like, I, looking back, I'm like, I was so close, yet I was so far. Um, somewhere along the way, I guess out of God softening my heart and just a curiosity, I've always been a very curious person, I asked my uncle to buy me a Bible. And I kind of read the first few chapters of Genesis and then kind of put it down and was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, but as I got deeper and started sinking deeper in all those spiritual things, in January, I got certified in something that is disguised as healing. And opening myself up to all that came in a lot of spiritual attacks, sleepless nights. Um, the feeling that I felt before of anxiety and not enoughness was just completely amplified even more than before. So I continued on that path for a little while. And then I came across someone named Lily that I had met in the beginning of the school year. I was struggling with friendships. I didn't have very many. And I had met her on the first day of school. 
and she sat with me at lunch and I just remembered how kind she was and how open-hearted she was and that really stuck with me. And so I approached her and just a really good conversation about the Bible, um, church and everything. And she ended up inviting me to the youth group here at FCC. And it really piqued my interest. And so I decided, hey, what do I got, what do I got to lose? That same night in that youth group is when I was saved. I, she introduced me to her friend named Dan, as she had mentioned him before to me. And we had a really good conversation and about 15 minutes in, um, the feeling that I know now as God tugging on my heart, um, I just got super emotional and I was like, hey, I think this, there might be something here for me. Um, and so we continue through the evening, we go through the sermon and then we, it's free time, everyone's playing in the gym. And then on the second level of the gym, the lookout, um, that is where I repented and I gave my life to Jesus. And they prayed over me and they commanded everything that was not of God to leave me and my life. And in that exact moment, I actually sent a message to the man who had been teaching me those spiritual practices. And I was like, hey, I can no longer attend the event that is planned. And I just remember Dan just jumping up and down and screaming hallelujah. And I was like, wow, this is a feeling I've never felt before. It was fear, it was anxiety, but it was just, I, in that moment, I knew that there was more. I am just so on fire for God. And I'm so excited to see where that takes me, uh, wherever that may be. I'm releasing that to him because clearly in the past, I didn't know exactly where I was going. Um, and I'm just so glad that you can never be too far from God. Um, I feel like I'm just a testimony to that because I felt like I was as far as I could possibly be with all the mistakes I made. And I just want to let anyone here that needs to hear it know that you are never too far from Him. Amelia, it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the likeness of His death, the likeness of His resurrection. Uh, I just want to close this this morning with, man, if you showed up today, um, supporting someone, or maybe you just stumbled in, um, there's one thing you can at least know you're going to walk away with. Our God is alive. Yeah. He is alive. And not only is He alive, He desires you. He loves you. He cares for you. And just so what we saw through the testimonies in this service and last service, it doesn't matter if you're, you got trauma it doesn't matter if you got addiction. It doesn't matter if you're um, engaging in other spiritual practices. You got no chance. <laughs> God is going after you. And if you're feeling a tug on your heart, if you're feeling that spirit just calling you, don't ignore that. Talk to someone today. Talk to someone who got baptized today. Talk to, to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you got planned, but man, I want to be a part of what you got going. Would you stand as we just pray and just give praise for God taking back ground from the enemy? Lord, we look to you, God. I'm just so thankful. You are, 
you are such a good God. There, like Amelia said, there is nowhere we could be that you couldn't reach us. God, there is no amount of darkness that we could be surrounded with. Lord, no amount of pain that you won't come and get us from. Lord, I pray, God, we, we give you all the praise. You are worthy of it all, Lord. We don't, we don't give glory to anyone else today. Even to the individuals here, God, we give glory to you that you have made a work of, of a great salvation, God. And I pray, God, if you're tugging on someone's heart this morning, God, that they would listen to that, that they would talk to someone, that they'd call someone, that they'd call out to you, Lord, and that they'd know you as their father, as their savior, God, and the one who can transform their lives, Lord, from death to life. Thank you, Jesus, so much. We give you praise this morning. Amen. Amen. Amen.